0: This is no simple reform. It really is a revolution. Sex and race, because they are easy, visible differences, have been the primary ways of organizing human beings into superior and inferior groups and into the cheap labor on which this system still depends. We are talking about a society in which there will be no roles other than those chosen or those earned. We are really talking about humanism. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. That moment of democracy inspiration was from Gloria Steinem's famous Address to the Women of America speech at the founding of the National Women's Political Caucus in Washington, D.C., as she was talking about dynamics of sexism and racism that are as alive today as ever. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy, and today is Tuesday, October 12th. Moving from 1971 to today, I've been keeping my eye on the constant state and national shifts in redistricting, voting rights, and obviously the big economic legislation still working its way through Congress. It's another week of many small shifts, but few massive breakthroughs. So even as the Freedom to Vote Act, which would prohibit partisan gerrymandering, remains stalled in the Senate, states are moving forward at a rapid clip with their redistricting efforts the many examples coming out in this last week of the extreme partisan gerrymandering that is so concerning around the country. In Arkansas, the Republican-run legislature passed the GOP's new congressional map, which splits the state's largest county, which covers Little Rock, in three parts to dilute the strength of Black voters and Democrats. And in Indiana, Republicans, who also have a trifecta control there, finalized and approved new maps on Monday that amplified the dominance of of the GOP through an even more extensive party gerrymander than they did 10 years ago. In other states, the dynamics are still in flux. Take Iowa, for example. Republicans in the Iowa Senate on Tuesday voted down congressional and legislative maps that were proposed by the state's nonpartisan legislative services agency over the objections of Democrats. Now, over the last 40 years, four cycles of redistricting, since the Legislative Service Agency was given a central role in redistricting, Iowa has always reached bipartisan agreement, but control of the state government has always been divided between parties during the redistricting fight. Now, for the first time, Republicans hold a governing trifecta And they may just blow past the LSA's recommendations or even repeal its role outright and implement a heavy partisan gerrymander for the first time in decades in Iowa. In Colorado, two Latino advocacy organizations are bringing a suit to challenge the state's new congressional redistricting proposal that emerged from their redistricting commission. They're arguing it dilutes the voting power of minority communities in contravention of the state constitution. Democratic groups have also filed objections, including a concern around whether the commission faithfully followed a separate directive to maximize the number of competitive districts. Michigan's also got work coming out from their new independent redistricting commission. They approved 10 draft maps to present to the public in hearings, but there's already facing significant pushback as these maps would see the loss of majority Black districts in the Detroit area, place several incumbents in the same districts. So there are ways you can still get involved, even in these final weeks of redistricting fights down at the local level. If you're interested, please reach out to One for Democracy. But the big question remains, will Democrats be able to pass the Freedom to Vote Act nationally? Also at the national level on Thursday, Senate Democrats introduced their own version of the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, designated S-4, Senate Bill 4, which follows on House Democrats passing their version of the bill in August, House Resolution 4. The John Lewis Voting Rights Act would restore protections of the 1965 Voting Rights Act. But, like Freedom to Vote, its fate depends on adjusting the filibuster to pass democracy legislation in the face of Republican opposition. Just like with redistricting, at the state level, we're seeing a mixed bag of advancement of voting rights themselves. Some advancements this week include Governor Newsom signing a bill to create a statewide standard for verifying mail ballot signatures in California and requiring officials to contact voters to help them resolve their signature issues. And the Massachusetts Senate passed a bill to permanently adopt the temporary measures last year to expand early voting, no-excuse mail voting, and implement same-day voter registration. On the legal side, in Arkansas, the courts have cleared the way for a lawsuit backed by the League of Women Voters against the Republican voter suppression law passed earlier this year. But in Pennsylvania a new law expanding mail-in voting is facing a significant legal threat. And even if it is held to be constitutional by the state Supreme Court, as many expect, if the lower court finds against that Pennsylvania law expanding mail-in voting, it could make implementing that law in time for the 2022 elections challenging or impossible. So part of what's important to track here is that the challenge with all these pieces of legislation and lawsuits is that timing matters. We absolutely have to improve our election systems and these are long-term goals to strengthen our democracy. But also when they get improved or undermined, even temporarily, matters as elections are set on fixed dates. If you can strengthen or pervert the system for a few critical months or a year, you can shift the balance of power in such a polarized and closely balanced political moment. Speaking of polarized, despite the Democrat versus Democrat debate drama over the infrastructure bill and the climate and social spending package, Democrats on both sides of the aisle coming out saying that if they miss the chance to pass this package, they believe they're dooming themselves in the midterms. As House Democrats are working to cut a trillion dollars or more from the original $3.5 trillion social and climate spending package proposal to get buy-in from moderate House Democrats and Senators Manchin and Sinema, one big debate has been whether they're gonna try to trim everything a little bit or just cut a few things out to be able to go big elsewhere. Well, last night, Speaker Pelosi weighed in with a letter to colleagues sharing her decision to focus on doing a few things big. So I would expect this week, the fight will be on which big things get taken out. The other big debate has been about the debt ceiling. And we saw that essentially a punt happened over the last few days. A $480 billion increase in the country's borrowing ceiling cleared the Senate last week on a party line vote after Mitch McConnell agreed that Republicans wouldn't filibuster a short term increase. The House is working to improve it right now, and Biden is expected to sign it into law this week, but the relief provided will be only temporary. It will force everyone to revisit the debt ceiling again in December when federal spending bills must also be approved and a continuing resolution to avoid a damaging government shutdown must be passed. So what you're seeing is we've created a major year-end backlog, make for a very tumultuous end of 2021, and also meant on the political side that filibuster reform was not required to pass this version of the debt ceiling increase. There had been some hope that if we had to do a filibuster reform to raise the debt ceiling, we might also get a window to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. McConnell has insisted he won't support another short-term debt ceiling increase, though he also insisted he wouldn't do this one until he did. So we might see a requirement for filibuster reform in December, and maybe we'll open a window then to pass the Freedom to Vote Act. But as I've talked about before, this is all about timing. Passing the Freedom to Vote Act and the John Lewis Voting Rights Act in December would be major wins for our democracy, but it also might be too late to prevent partisanly gerrymandered maps in many states for the 2022 elections. If those maps, despite what the Freedom to Vote Act says, if those maps are upheld by state courts, what you'd see is likely the House of Representatives would swing back to Republican control and many state legislatures would swing back or remain in Republican control instead of becoming competitive. That's many people argue has been the goal all along. It's been a complicated game of brinkmanship and political strategy. It's really hard for any of us to predict what can get past when with such narrow margins all around. But that's really what to try to keep track of as you're trying to keep track of the issues affecting our democracy right now. So that's all for this week's quick review. I'm Jason Franklin. It's Tuesday, October 12th, and thanks for listening to 10 Minutes on Democracy.